0.67. My name is Emily Flamandon. I live in Quebec City, Canada. My English sucks, but I love punk rock so much that I want to talk about it to the entire universe. I hope you are doing amazing today. This week, my guest is Casey Cavalier of the band The Wonder Years. What a great chat we had together. You're gonna listen to their new song called Wyatt Song and I'm also gonna make you some repugmentations for the bands Nerlinger from Australia and Toxins from San Diego, California. I hope you are ready because the show is starting now. Hello my friends, I hope you are doing great today. I'm good. Thank you for spending some time with me today because I know you probably have a very busy schedule but you're still making the choice to hang out with me every week and it makes me super, super happy. Thank you so much. Okay, let's talk about feelings right now. <laughs> I feel so stupid. So, 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 so stupid because this weekend... <laughs> Okay, it's not a big deal, but still. This weekend, uh, NoFX, Lagwagon and Face to Face were playing in Trois-Rivières at a very nice festival called the Festivois. It's like only an hour and 15 minutes from here, Quebec City. And I forgot to buy tickets. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Because it was announced like four months ago. <laughs> I just totally forgot. And then I woke up like a few weeks ago and it was already sold out and I was really bummed. But then I stopped thinking about that. And then I forgot to check on the internet if someone would sell their tickets. <laughs> and then I think I was feeling too shy to ask for media pass or something. I don't know. So I just stayed home and I feel bad. <laughs> Because all weekend I saw some footage, some pictures, some videos on social medias and <laughs> I wanted to cry a little. And a lot of people were like, where are you? I can't find you in the crowd. I'm like, no, I'm home because I'm stupid. <laughs> But what comforts me a little is that I'm gonna see NoFX and Lagwagon in September here. So I won't cry too much for a long time. <laughs> But then I feel stupid. But I had a good weekend anyway. I spent some time to reorganize all my band shirts collection. I made a rotation in my drawers <laughs> because I have so many shirts that and I only have two drawers to put them. So the rest are in some boxes. So once every three months, I do a rotation in my drawers <laughs> with new shirts to wear. And it was fun to do. I made an Instagram live doing this and it was fun to talk about the bands. And also realize that there are so many bands I don't have a shirt of and I would like to find some. <laughs> also, I had an amazing time this weekend interviewing the legendary skateboarder Steve Caballero. It was a great conversation. The, the episode is going to be available in like two weeks. and uh, But it's already available on Patreon if you want to subscribe and help me finance the show. You have access to my Zoom videos, interviews in advance. 
I also binge watched the two last episodes of Stranger Things season four. It was incredible, incredible. I love that. And by the way, if you have any suggestions for me for some sci-fi series or books, hit me up. Because I love that a lot. Almost as much as punk rock. No, not even close. <laughs> okay, let's start this episode with the first band suggestions of the day. The first repunkmentation for this week is for a band from Australia. All I can say is yes, bro. Nerdlinger. It's an awesome skate punk, pop punk, melodic punk band formed, I think, around 2012 or 13, but I'm not sure. I listened to their album Happy Place like three times this weekend, so I was like, mm, maybe I should repunkment them. <laughs> it's a very energetic album, full of positive vibes, and the vinyl is gorgeous. You can find it on Thousand Islands Records and P Records, depending on where you are on this crazy planet. <laughs> so let's listen to their song Contagious. They also have a Tony Slide tribute merch. They support smaller and bigger bands from all around the world. Plus, they ship worldwide and you can have a flat rate shipping cost. Get your merch at epicmerchstore.com. to have a chat with Casey Cavalier who's playing guitars in the pop 
punk emo slash punk rock band The Wonder Years. The band exists since like 18 years. It's the same amount of time of me hosting my radio show in Quebec. So we had fun, Casey and I, making some comparison about that. <laughs> um, we also talked about the band's new songs, his producing work, podcasting, pop punk music and emo in general, and many more. Casey is so enthusiastic, very passionate. It was a very inspiring conversation. And during the interview, you're going to hear The Wonder Years and their new song, Wyatt's Song. Enjoy! So, you know, you just answered my first question. I wanted to know where you are on this crazy planet. You just oh answered. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, there you go. Yeah. So re currently right now, I am just uh, I am in, in the outskirts of uh, Atlanta. If anybody is listening that knows Atlanta geography, yeah. I am OTP, which is the perimeter of like 285 that kind of surrounds the city. So I'm just outside of that. Yeah. How's the um, mood in Georgia today? <laughs> The food, truly. Um, no, the mood. The mood. Oh, today. oh, the mood. Well, okay. Um, <laughs> two very different things. The mood is really good. Um, it, it, it to personify the mood. It it is the weather's hot, which I think shifts the mood sometimes, depending on if you're oh. inside or outside. <laughs> I'm inside now, so my mood is pretty good. I'm pretty relaxed. I was outside uh, a couple hours ago, and it was a different mood. It was good, but it was less relaxed. It was a lot a lot hotter, more sweat, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the summer down here. Yeah, you're, you're way... Uh, I have a feeling you're... If you're at home, you're you're nowhere near Atlanta, Georgia, right? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, you're way souther than I am. I mean, Quebec yeah. City. So it's. But today was a fresh day, like a cool day. Not really raw, warm. Pretty cold. Oh, good. Well, honestly, well, color me jealous. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I love this weather. Like it's uh, in Celsius. It's uh, for a sixteen, eighteen. Oh my god, I'm so bad. I I, yeah, I ha <laughs> have a rough uh, like I uh, I have a rough guess at what that would be, but my math is always so bad that I'll just if, if you say it's pleasant, I'll picture a pleasant <laughs> temperature and I'll pleasant. put it there. That's an easier conversion, I think. I know, but if I start from Fahrenheit, it's like minus thirty two divided mm -hmm. by two. <laughs> I know. See, it's always yeah, it's always the divided. Well, but it's also, isn't it? So, uh, well, I don't know. This is getting out. Outside my range of expertise. <laughs> um, so I'll, uh, I, I should quit while I'm ahead. Um, but I, I'll say that uh, I feel like, isn't it divided by like, there's like a decimal in there. It's not like just a clean divided by two, isn't it? Or It's, is it? So if you, if we want to convert to Fahrenheit, we have to do like 18 uh, multiplied by two plus 32. Right. Okay. And See, I knew it, it wasn't. I knew it wasn't just like a quick subtract. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I didn't well, know what we would do maths tonight. Oh yeah. no! Let's get out of it. Yeah, we're stealing. Math, we're stealing <laughs> geography. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. I love a good challenge, and I'm sure I could somehow tie math and punk rock together. But mm -hmm. I also don't want to have to try because I feel like there's. It's not necessary right now. You know. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, today I really want to talk to you about the band, the Wonder Years. Of course, I want to talk also about producing, engineering, and podcasting because you do like the three of those. 
So it's yeah, yeah. There's a yeah. There's always a you'll you'll notice very quickly. And anybody listening to your show, it's like, who the hell is this? Uh, this guy talks a lot. Uh, <laughs> when I when I get when I get excited I, I about that. whatever I'm talking about, which are all three of those things that you mentioned um, uh, at the top there. Uh, I there's you know. I just get really jazzed up. And this is actually, <laughs> it's, you know, like full disclosure for anybody, obviously listening later, like this is end of the day me. And I still, even if I'm exhausted, yeah. um, I still tend to like swing back. And when we get, cheers. start getting into the weeds, oh, cheer. well, honestly, I, I'm jealous because that looks a little less clear than the Topo Chico that I'm drinking, but equally good. Um, yeah. I, uh, I get um I just get right back into the swing of it if we start talking records, music, um, anything like that. So yeah, so that's why I always I, I love doing these so much so that yeah. I started my own show, as you mentioned. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. first question, I mean, uh, how do you manage your time doing all of those things? Because uh you're pretty active in those three fields. Um carefully, uh, in a <laughs> in a somewhat calculated sense. Um no, it's it's definitely not easy. And I, I'm, I feel like I'm kind of always on the edge of biting off just a, just a little more than I can chew. Um, <laughs> but I feel like that also keeps me um, I relate in, to an that. <laughs> in an active place, you know? Um, yeah, it just keeps me on the edge of sanity. Um, yeah, but sometimes, have, it, sometimes it's social media that make us believe that the person is so busy because people always tell me to like, oh my God, how do you manage everything? And I'm like, yeah, but I, I can nap every day. I can spend time with my cat and watch TV and read. <laughs> Listen, yeah. we're going to get along just fine here. Spending time with the cat. Uh, you had me at cat. Uh, I have two of them <laughs> yes. and I will make time always um, for them if they are doing something cute. I don't care how late I am to a meeting or out the door about to miss a flight. Oh, If my cat's just in a box looking adorable, uh, I'm stopping. I'm taking a picture. I oh am a... Um, unapologetic proud cat dad for sure but so that is to say i think there's time for the things uh that are important to you right and so it's yeah. making uh the time for that instead of trying to go find it so that is i think that's a lifelong dance that we oh, always yeah. kind of toe especially as creatives and you know putting out um shows and, and trying to uh fix your schedule especially you know you doing this show and mm -hmm. a lot of other things around other people you're yeah. in a band too right trying to sort schedules yeah. and, and recording and making that stuff happen um so i think you know especially being in a band wonder years has made me um more aware of how precious the time that i have at home can be and oh, what i want to do yeah. with it over the years because you're um, it's, been touring it's a lot Because of all the yeah. touring, mm. how right, long have exactly. you been? How long have you been in the band since the beginning? I think, or yeah, really I, it's honestly our. And this is still astounding um, when I say this out loud, and a lot of people get taken back by it. But it's still um, essentially the original lineup, um, oh, yeah. so to speak. Uh, pretty much like like 18 years later. Wow. Which, um, yeah. Right. Um, so yeah. So have been in it from the beginning. Uh, and it's been, yeah, it's been quite a journey, you know? Um, it seems weird. Like I say 18 years at this point, I've done this. Um, mm, I, I mean, I've years. been in the wonder years and that is like the consistent outside of, outside of my mother and father. Uh, that is the <laughs> thing that I have been around and 
been in proximity and consumed by the most in my life. Oh, you know? yeah. Um, and you so know, it's... you know what? I, it's really funny because I'm celebrating 18 years of radio hosting this month. So, oh, congratulations. So, so then you know, start, yeah, then you've had quite a journey in broadcasting. Like we right? started at the same time. That's really funny. Like 2004. <laughs> Oh my God. What has that journey been like for you then? That's, I mean, wow. What a, it's, what an intense question. I'm sure you've, it's, uh, I mean, I've been hosting a, a radio show in Quebec city live at the university. It's an actual radio station, but it's a weekly show. So it's, it was on my schedule since then. And that's it. And yeah. yeah. So I guess it's the same thing for you. You, you just take the project as they come and, Well, and yeah, and you know what? And it, there's probably the tours, some, albums, and it works. Yeah, there's probably some some difference in is in there too. I would I, I would imagine. Um, I think I always, you know, what's funny is I always long for um, being on the other side of it. it. It was weird to say this, and I know you know a lot of your audience might gasp and be like, "Oh my God, how dare he!" Um, but I I was well, always like um, oddly curious about what it would feel like, you know to have a much more defined time scope during the day and just be like, Hey, you know where you're going to be for the most part, any given weekend throughout the year. So to plan things with friends, family, yeah. it's a little easier. Um, when you start throwing touring in the mix and we schedule our stuff really far in advance, oh, but sometimes yeah. things come up all the time. Right. You know, um, and you got to just kind of like, jive with it and, and and jam with it as life comes at you and especially if you're in a band wow. um especially i mean we won't even go down this road um unless we really want to but especially in the era of a pandemic right um yeah. you know and what that does to touring and live music and, and being a musician right uh but i think um i always looked at you know people that had consistency like that, like, Hey, every week on this time, <laughs> I know exactly where I'll be. And I know exactly what I get to do. Um, and it's a little different. I mean, I knew what, you know, a lot of times it's like, I'm either going to be away or home, not, yeah. you know, doing whatever I can, whatever I want to do. Right. So it was, it's kind of always been like an off and on, like I almost talk about it as though for so many years, uh, I kind of had a dual life. I kind of had just like, I go into, yeah. um, you know, tour Casey and then I come home and then I, you know, um, it's the same person, but it's, it's a different lifestyle. And that, and that takes, I mean, I don't think, I don't, I think it's unnatural. I don't think you'll ever really get fully used to it. You no. know, uh, anybody that tours for a living, but, um, you know, I, I kind of, I think that has helped me really value the time that I do have home even more so now. But to so. stay like 18 years in the same project, you have to be kept stimulated, like by the crowd, by your creative process. So you, you absolutely need something like Yeah. And, and I think that's also what's, what's interesting about it too, is because it's not always just tour or not tour. There are also kind of phases in that career path and being in the band. Right. So, you know, every couple years, it kind of starts to slide into the album phase, right. The, the creation yeah, phase of it. And exactly. then it goes, you know, after that, it goes into the release phase of it. And then it goes into the heavy touring phase, you know, of a cycle. So it does help manage and seeing and knowing where I have to be mentally, emotionally. And, and, and it takes a lot, you know, sometimes yeah. to get up, um, for each one of those, you know, to, to come with your best, um, you know, mm -hmm. with your best, like creative 
thoughts, ideas, um, and especially our band, you know, writes all together, finishes it to like six people in a room. Wow. Uh, it, it can be, it can be exhausting, uh, emotionally and creatively for all of us, you know? Um, and, um, mm-hmm. and I think that is something that you kind of have to get ready for and, and try to be as present as you can be, uh, in, in maybe a different way than when we go and know that the task is to, for an hour and a half every night, this is what we're doing. We are there and we are one with, um, whoever came you know, to the show, uh, to be with us. So, um, and we're kind of performing for them. So, yeah. uh, it's a little, it's different for sure. So, and I think that keeps it interesting, you know? So you, you, I think it's interesting. We started our main, I would say main project definitely at the same time, like 18 Ooh. years ago. Cause I remember like, because your band is a, like, uh, punky mo punk rock like a, a, a blend of those styles and it was super huge in like 2006 7 8 uh, so how did you uh, perceive the evolution of this of the pop punk and emo scene because at some point i thought it, it, it has a, a down and then it came back how did you f- yeah. experimented that i don't know if you know what i mean but i perceived this as a host <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Well, and, and so it's a really good question. Um, it's interesting. I always, and this kind of get, you know, gets asked in terms of like life cycles, genres, fads, mm-hmm. even style. I think a lot of that, um, and especially what I've noticed now, um, having grown up and having been heavily influenced by a lot of music in the 90s, because um, that's kind of when I was like really coming online and starting to get into like listening to alternative rock radio stations yeah. and starting to find like ska and punk. Um and things like that. Uh, and I think, um, and even, uh, you know, for a lot of people, their first, uh, you know, entrance or introduction into music as something, um, that they can consume as an activity and as just something that's a part of their lives is what their parents listen to, um, or what's, you know, what's being played around the house. Right. Or what your parents um, ate at the time. (laughs) Or that, or you swing the other way and Hey, how, how pissed off can I make my parents right now? You know, um, exactly. Right. And I still, um, I still remember, uh, even just like talking about, you know, um, you know, my, uh, my parents telling me stories, it's like, Oh, your grandmother, like, you know, she loved Elvis's music, but she thought it was so horrible the way she like was shaking his head, you know, like that, like as though she was watching Ozzy Osbourne bite the head off a bat in real yeah, time. Oh my God. Um, yeah. And, um, and so it's all relative. Right. So I, I think, totally. um, but that is to say a lot of those things t- tend to come back, whether they are an overarching ethos or, um, you know, and I think you're starting to see that again right now. Right. I'm sure, oh, you, yeah. can, you know, Um, offer some perspective on that too. I mean, we're certainly seeing it. I grew up in an era where I think the only things that are different are sometimes, you know, the platform and the mediums by which things are getting delivered. So in the early 2000s, terrestrial radio was still a a pretty heavy vehicle. And you Mm -hmm. could, you know, if you were a band that was playing, you know, what in the broader sense was forged out of punk rock roots, right? Um, major labels were looking to pick up bands and try to elevate those to like that MTV, like TRL and see who could break through and have like a top 40 single at alternative specialty radio. And, uh, and it was really, truly an exciting time. And there were a lot of really wild, um, 
recording budgets and, you know, advances being thrown out because that was really gripping in the same way that kind of like grunge, like really took hold in the early 90s, right? In 1994, Um, yeah. Right, right, Mm -hmm. precisely. And so so I saw all that happen as a kid because that's when I was in high school, right? Um, You know, the early 2000s. Yeah. And that's those are the years where you're really figuring out who you are and music becomes such a part of your identity and a part of who, who the company you keep and the clothes you wear. Right. It's, you know, it's really understanding what you like. So that's, um, and kind of in a, in a lot of ways and, and, and people don't always talk about this unless you're, you know, the mm-hmm. terrible, you know, um, horribly conservative grandmother and you're worried that you're, you know, uh, that your grandson is going to yeah. turn into uh, a devil worshiping, um, you know, um, demon or something um, <laughs> by listening to punk rock. But like uh, <laughs> you, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. you, um, you, you see those things um, all the way through and kind of who you're going to inevitably become in a lot of way. I think there's a lot of core values that can be instilled in, in you, mm-hmm. especially if you're that um, intertwined with, know what that scene and and those worlds are about right what that what those culture those subcultures are about in a lot of ways and um and yeah i think that for me that was just such an incredibly exciting thing the music that was being made was really mixing uh a lot of these like like a lot of the pop songwriting structure um with some of that like the old school like very heavy guitar driven energy those were the bands that i was like i gotta play guitar i gotta figure this out right um and uh and that you know the rest is i mean history as they say but now we're kind of circling back to a yeah. to an interesting period where we you know wonder years started like kind of at the end of the myspace pure volume era oh, i talk about that that was yeah. like if we're talking about the online ecosystem um that was where we like lived and died by, okay, are, is, you know, are people listening? Are there MySpace play, you know, like, oh, okay, something seems to happen. That was your, your networking portal in a lot of ways. And now it's just kind of hopped from one platform to another over the last, Mm -hmm. you know, 15, 18 years. Right. And um, a lot of the things are the same. Um, They just maybe look different and are in different platforms. But in that same time, now we're, we're here 18 years later and there are people that have never seen an actual MySpace page that are <laughs> right in the throes of being obsessed with, you know, and looking for new music. Right. And so I think that presents an interesting time and an interesting opportunity for a lot of artists now that grew up on a lot of that music or were in some way influenced to kind of trace back those roots and yeah. start pulling those, that influence into the modern realm. So, you know, we've been here through the whole time, but we've also been evolving, you know, Totally. And I, I wondered if you saw an evolution in the crowd too. Like, did they grow up with you? Uh, not grow up. Yeah. Uh, getting oh, older. Sorry, my English. Getting yeah. older with you or it always stayed young and you have a renew of people. I don't know. Because it's, it's, you know, it's amazing. You know what's interesting? But, yeah. yeah and, and, we, and we are very, um, very grateful of this fact, actually. I, I feel like... Um, you know, a a lot of bands and uh, a lot of industry conventions can say, oh, you got to keep bringing in younger fans or else you're going to burn out. You're going to (laughs) die. We've had a way of 
of doing this so thing dramatic. where, where fans te- <laughs> where fans tend to stay around and, and for a really long time. And I think a lot of that has to do with the honesty in the stories that our singer Dan tells lyrically and the way um, that we as musicians that grew up in that place that we just were just speaking of that time and place mm-hmm. um, have taken that and never lost sight of how much we still love that. And, and, and that's always going to be a part of us, but try to experiment and see how we could push it, mold it and, and become, um, you know, our, our own unique force within it, you know, as opposed to, I think that's what happens creatively, you know, when anybody starts a band and if you if you get to be, you get to write five songs ever, right. That fifth song is going <laughs> to tell a bit of a different story and you're going to have learned four songs worth about yourselves as a band or an artist, you know, up to that point. So it's going to ultimately be different and be from a different place and a more educated place. So at this point, you know, yeah, we've written a lot more than five songs. And, and I think our fans love that too, because, you know, they see the story in the same way, you know, as opposed to like one hour and a half movie, they're talking about like every season of the Sopranos or, you know what I mean? Or the entire series of lost, you know what I mean? Like whatever it might (laughs) be, it's a lot deeper of an attachment to those characters, those songs, those evolutions. Right. So, um, you know, we're lucky to be there uh, and have that on our side. And you've been touring the world many times you made the warp tour. So yeah, that's probably, you probably have so many great memories, probably some bad memories too, because on tour, (laughs) we never know. (laughs) Oh, uh, yes, I'm sure. I mean, you know, that's, uh, that's a really good point as well, right? Um, uh, it just because we are out and like living, um, living the dream as a lot of, uh, you know, our, uh, mm-hmm. our older out of touch uncles might say or whatever, um, yeah. you know, uh, that doesn't mean, you know, it's like a, a musician, everybody all still human. You can even the best job in the world, you can have a not so great day, right? The yeah. mood can shift a little bit. That doesn't mean that it stays there forever, but no. uh, I think that's okay. It's all relative, right? Um, I, 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 I always come back to that where, you know, mm-hmm. you can have, uh, you can have millions and millions of dollars and next to somebody that has billions and billions of dollars, you might not feel so rich, right? Um, <laughs> so uh, true. So, uh, and you can be the happiest person in the world, um, and stand next to someone and you might still be like, what am I missing? Like, am I kind of like, you know, does my life suck a little bit? Cause this person seems insanely <laughs> happy, like, like so happy it's driving me crazy right now. Um, so it's all kind of, you know, yeah. um, and I, we hope that you don't have the mindset where you look at that. We hope that you try to tap into it. Right. But, um, but yeah, it's like, I don't know. So there have been some uh, some not so pleasant memories that I, uh, I would choose to relive way less. Um, if I'm, if I'm going to the highlight reel at the end of my life, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm sure there are plenty where I'm like, we can fast forward through this, uh, you know? Yeah. But, and it's, it's crazy that you're still all together after 18 years, like at some point, most of the band, I mean, some people quit, some, they have new people too. I think it's incredible. So it means that you can stay, with a good, I would say, mental health on tour or like good balance in your life or I think yeah, you probably and need I, this. I think, um, you know, so I, uh, I'm actually an only child, but a lot of uh, my other bandmates do have siblings. Um, 
And I've always uh, been felt very lucky because it, it seems like I, I found mm. myself in into a position in my life where I have, for better or worse, on any given day, have five other brothers, you know? Um, I mean, we, like we say, we joke, it's like, we, I'm sure everybody, you know, in the band has probably spent more time with the other band members than they probably have their families and, or those, um, you know, significant others, um, for a lot of, a lot of the years over the past two decades. Um, and that, uh, that definitely forges a trust, you know, like you, you learn real quick, which battles, um, are mm. worth taking on and, you know, um, and realistically that it's like, those are the only, especially in an industry where it's very tough. You encounter a lot of people, a lot of opinions about what you should be doing, how you should do it, what you're doing wrong. Um, oh, yeah. you know, uh, we're kind of like this, uh, this core family that it's like at the very least, um, it has always been the six of us, uh, that we can lean on each other. Um, over all else. And I think that's probably why a a big reason why we're still around, you know, I think you see it gets harder and harder, um, for some bands for whatever reason, as the, you know, the lineup changes and shift is over the years, people go in their own directions. I think sometimes it gets harder. Um, you know, if we're putting it into like a nautical metaphor, Mm -hmm. like the ship gets a little bit more difficult to steer (laughs) as the crew changes, right? Like, um, and, uh, and then eventually it's just one guy in the middle, you know, of a storm yeah. at the helm, like, Oh shit. <laughs> um, you know, so, uh, I think that's been a huge asset for us that we've been able to grow. Um, you know, we mentioned our, our fan base has grown with us and yeah. we've grown musically, but that we've also been lucky enough to grow as people and grow into each other and appreciate that. Um, you know, we look at it, it's almost like a, almost like a six way marriage, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, in the sense, like, uh, I don't think you'll find anybody out there that's been married for multiple decades that will tell you it's without, um, it's stumbling blocks and that it doesn't take work because it does any relationship takes work. And, and we've just been lucky to find ourselves with people that, uh, you know, are willing to do the work, you know. But just as relationship, if you want it to last, you have to put some new stuff in your life. And speaking of new stuff, the Wonder Years have new songs. So maybe we can ex- uh, expect a new baby, uh, a new album. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow, wow, what an incredible... You really have been drink working in those. radio. <laughs> yeah. You really have been working in radio for 18 years. That was a lovely transition. Um, next such step a brilliantly is, crafted segue. Next, next step is to learn proper English. <laughs> no, no, honestly, you're doing you're doing fantastic. You're way, let me put it this way. I, I couldn't even... Um, I, I took uh, Spanish in high school. That's the extent of my bilingual mm-hmm. um, like history. And so anybody anywhere that's able to even remotely um, tap into uh, a bilingual situation. I have a, I have a, actually a, a client that I work with um, in Budapest and is oh. like fluent, like has te- taught himself Hungarian. And I'm still just every day in, like uh, in all and in respect. So yeah. you're doing incredibly. Oh, um, you. Don't you take a single thing away from yourself. Um, but, uh, but back to that segue, yes, you've got to refresh things. You've got to keep things fun. And we do that by making new music, um, which as, um, as this plays, uh, for anybody that's listening to this now, uh, 
yeah, we just put out another song. So there's now like three brand new songs in the last couple yeah. months. Um, and this new song is called Wyatt Song. Uh, and there's a video for it too. Uh, there's oh. a whole lot. And we've announced the record. Um, so much has happened. Um, nice. And uh, yeah, so the, the new record uh, is called The Hum Goes On Forever. And if it, if it were a baby, um, we're really proud of this one. No. <laughs> um, you know, not this that is the, the other ones are not okay, but this one. Like... That's right. That's right. Don't tell the other ones. This one might be our favorite, you know. Oh. Um,
I mean, every record is a journey in, yeah. in its own way, um, as as I'm sure you can imagine. But uh, this one, because of the time and place and putting it together and recording it during a pandemic, everybody, uh, every musician has their pandemic health oh, story yeah. and, and or silver lining. And we are no different. But I think this one... Um, because of the time and place and uh, in our career and in our lives as people and all of that coinciding with the last couple years uh, mm-hmm. and what it has done um, to the people of this world. I think there's a, I think they're, you know, listening back, it's, it's almost, um, it's almost surreal how it, um, even though we were writing it, uh, I find new pieces of it that feel like it fit into these moments as they're happening in real time, which is actually a sentiment that some of our fans have shared with us about our, uh, our songs or albums over the years. So now I'm like, Oh my God, I'm doing it to myself. (laughs) Um, but it, uh, I'm so proud of it. I'm so happy. Um, it'll still be a little while before the album's out. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, you can pre-order it now and see it. Look at you know the artwork, track listing, and like I mentioned, at, at yeah. the very least, uh, check out the two videos for "Summer Clothes" and Wyatt's song. And oldest yeah, daughter. I, and oldest daughter was the was actually the first song that we released a couple months ago. Yeah. So and what's the I, story um, behind this song? I think it's very beautiful. Oldest daughter. What the story? Oh, about, so um, well, uh, Madeline. Actually, Actually, the name um, may be uh, familiar to some um, that dig deep in the Wonder Years catalog. And I actually, um, it's a really interesting and really personal thing. It's about a family member and try and, um, you know, um, I think we all have, um, you know, family, friends that, uh, that are... (laughs) that struggle with their own demons. Right. Um, and and everybody has, um, you know, a a lot of, uh, a lot of darkness and a a lot of struggle. And I think, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's ultimately a song about that. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of meaning. And I think, uh, I think that that specifically is a song that I almost never want to go too deep into because I think it can mean a lot of different mm-hmm. things to a lot of different people. Um, and, uh, and, but ultimately, yes, Madeline is a name that does reoccur in the catalog and, um, you know, and, and is pretty personal. And so I, I would, I would say go back and look and you'll find that a couple other songs and you'll start to be able to build this picture oh, um, that's around, amazing. um, around that. Yeah. So, um, I love that. Yeah, and I love it for that reason. You know, it's like, we, um, we've always, felt that with each record we get to make, um, you know, it, it, it always feels like, Oh, well, we didn't expect to get this far. Well, but if we are, I guess we now can do this yeah. and now in this way, we're, we're able to kind of, um, you know, be a little self-referential, um, in some, in some ways now and, and use, um, use our previous works as tools to explain ideas, if that makes sense, Um, which is an interesting predicament to be in, you know? Um, But, um, but, but it's really cool. And and oldest daughter was actually one of those. And and for that reason was really excited for uh, Wonder Years fans that have been with us for a while to be able to digest that. And then also see how it kind of fits um, in, into the record as a whole, um, which I think is important too. Totally. Ah, so, oh, thank yeah. you for for those details. It's it's really great. Um, so that brings me to the other topic: producing. 
Um, oh yeah. So do you are you producing your own band and engineer it? And I know you worked on songs, but how does it work for you for that? So um, so I've never actually. Um, you know, it's interesting. Wonder Years for so long was such a. Uh, was uh, such a such a big part uh, of my creative output as a songwriter um, that uh, every time I went to go start um, a new song that I was like, this is going to be, you know, for me, it's like it always seemed to somehow mm -hmm. veer, um, you know, into uh, a potential Wonder Years song. Um, And I know a couple of my other bandmates have um, have put out solo, solo records, solo projects, mm -hmm. and I never got somewhere where I felt like it warranted being put out as a separate project uh, under my own name, if that makes sense yeah. in an interesting way. But what I did realize is by writing um, so many of these Wonder Year songs and cutting the demos together, um, doing all that recording, doing the, that editing, that, that bit of production work, it's a skill set that you kind of just learn out of, you know, um, out of the repetition of songwriting, right. And bringing ideas, presenting ideas to the band and saying, Hey, this next time I want to present this idea to the band, I think maybe I'll, I'll give it a bit more of time. So they really get the full idea of how it could sound sonically. Right. Mm -hmm. um, not that it lands has to land there or stay there necessarily, but sometimes, you know, I found that my brain started working in that way and that that was really important to mm -hmm. me. And, um, and then, you know, with uh, having done so many records and working with some uh, incredible producers and engineers like Steve yeah. Evich, Joe Ciccarelli, um, uh, Vince Ratty, who did The Upsides um, and has actually just mixed uh, this newest record for us mm -hmm. as well. Um, all of those things, uh, I, I realized, oh, man, I, I actually love making this music, but I, I love the role when I, you know, when I'm able to come in with some of that objectivity of having not necessarily written it or not yeah. having it be my own project. Right. Um, and being able to lend some of those uh, talents and skill sets and way of um you know, distilling what I'm hearing and strengthening some of those ideas uh, from a from a less biased place, if that makes sense. And turns out that's what producers do. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> um, so then I was like, "Wow, that's interesting." So uh, all I have to do is convince um, another artist uh, yeah. to trust me enough <laughs> to let me, you know, let me help them make a song. And I, I was lucky enough to start doing that. And one by one, it kind of snowballed. And I realized, Oh, a producer isn't, isn't just somebody that turns some knobs. It isn't just somebody that makes a beat. Right. Um, it's kind of the, I almost start to look at it as, um, in an old school way, it's actually someone mm -hmm. at the helm of a project that's making sure, you know, that's helping the artist and, and figuring out that, that artist vision, um, or making sure that they are clear on that. Yeah. And then, uh, going from there and saying, okay, cool. I'm going to write the plate. We're going to write the playbook together for it. And then we're going to go execute it. Right. Um, and that might be pulling in other musicians that might be pulling in other instrumentation, playing with the arrangement, right. Oh. That might be getting certain gear sourcing. Um, so even sourcing other musicians or other songwriters or other collaborators in a, in a certain way. Right. Um, you know, and, uh, and I love being at that nexus point, um, 
where it's ultimately to serve the vision and the idea of a song for somebody else um, yeah. is, is kind of really freeing and also really exciting because it keeps me on my toes because all of these ideas are constantly coming in from different artists with different perspective instead of me trying to just dredge up, hey, here's another yeah. song just to write a solo song, just to write a solo song, right? So um, I love it for me and I, I feel like it's... Um, it's been one of those things that kind of just slowly happened. And I realized these are the points uh, of, um, you know, what being mm -hmm. in wonder years for so long has taught me. Um, and, and turns out I, I really, um, you know, am able to find a lot of joy out of passing some of those lessons along and being in those scenarios. So, um, you know, that's kind of how it happened. And that's what I, a lot of my time uh, when I'm not on tour, I'd say about 70% of it is spent yeah. doing just that. Um, oh, you know, wow. you're in a band. This is what it would look like if we, you know, start talking through, hop on a Zoom, talk through some of the demos and, um, you know, then take next steps to, you know, refine the arrangement, work on the song and say, okay, let's figure out where we're going to track it, how we're going to do it. And, and on and on we go. And so I can do a lot of that and, um, and or then like mixing post-production stuff remotely thankfully because of technology these days. And, wow. uh, that's something else that the pandemic really taught us. <laughs> um, oh, so I nice. into it. Yeah. So how can a band can prepare itself to, so it's fun for you to work with them? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, there's a lot of way. I mean, uh, if you're a band, you're kind of always preparing yourself. You just don't always know exactly for what, um, right. Um, but, uh, I, I think, uh, having a really, uh, compelling vision for their band, uh, makes it really fun for me. But at the same time, some of the, some of the most fun projects that I've gotten to work on are actually ones where we come up and real and have that moment of realization together of like, Oh, this is actually what this project is, you know? Um, so I, I, I uh, okay. less and less about like being so certain of exactly what they want necessarily as an artist, but, um, you know, somebody that's willing and, and has, uh, has maybe a passion and understanding of why they're doing it, maybe more so than just, I want to be in a famous rock band, right? You know, somebody oh, that I yeah. can get in, get in the same room with and, and have a conversation and that we can kind of nerd out on all of the small little things about like, oh, okay. So Emily's playlist like this week, did you like this song? Oh my God, put it on like when it hits this bridge like i love what he does here and all uh, these little moments because that's all uh, records are that's what those good records are they're all of those moments that we love that just sear their way in our brain so any band that's in a in a space where they are they're free to at least explore yeah some changes and suggestions the open-mindedness is a really big one for me because i think that's when everybody starts to win and when you know you're going to get the best project when you know when it's a bit of like leaving the ego at the door and saying hey how can i stretch yeah. you know um and that and truthfully um what's interesting is that is a lifelong lesson i think uh, a lot of people learn in different ways at different times um But being in a band of six people where we're all right together, there's mm. this creative democracy thing that happens. <laughs> It's far different than if you were just a solo uh, artist, right? You know, and you're like, no, nope, if I like it, that means it's great. Um, you know, um, oh, but what yeah. you do get out of that is you do realize that your idea, even though you may be passionate about it, 
is not the only lane that a song can take, you know? Um, and that's something that I always find myself remembering when I'm working with, uh, you know, a band, whether it, it might be on the songs or, um, the, you know, the foundation of the tracks, an EP, an album, or, you know, just mixing it, right? Maybe they've already done that work with somebody yeah. else and are really proud of it and just want me to come in and, you know, fully finish off the vision sonically. Um, I have my own taste and ideally they're mm -hmm. coming to me because, we've had a conversation. They know what I like. They know what I've been a part of. Right. Um, totally. but that doesn't mean that they always line up one for one. Um, and that's kind of what I love. And that's, that's what I think is, um, so nice about doing this is it's a constant reminder to say, Hey, check yourself. Um, just cause you think it could be this way. doesn't mean it can't be equally great this other way, you know? Um, and that's something that, you know, wonder years, I, we see that every record, um, every song, because we have some really incredible musicians and songwriting voices in that band. Um, and so I love that. So open-mindedness, I think to uh, try everything twice once, cause you're going to wow. hate it. Cause it's not like how it was twice because, if there might be something there, you're going to say, okay, let's play it a third time. I'm unsure. Right. Um, so, uh, that's what we say anyways, you know, always try something twice. Um, and then if you hate it, that, that's cool. <laughs> then at least, then, you know, one more way not to write that song, you know? Yeah. And I talked with, uh, your Tom Ben Orin of useless ID. I don't know if you know him, yeah. but he's yeah. working with a lot of bands on fat records. And yeah. he, he was telling me like, sometimes I tell the band, This is not a verse. This is a chorus. You should take it as a chorus, but, but not in that uh, di directive voice, but like it's, it's suggesting and I'm like, oh, and like the band are like, they accept like because sometimes you are uh, you are attached to your songs like the way it is. Uh -huh. So like so much, <laughs> but like someone tells you this should be a chorus. <laughs> You know? Yeah, no. And that, and you know, what's funny. So like now, nowadays, especially we are so decidedly in the era of home recording and like bedroom demos. Right. So it's oh, easier yeah. than ever for someone to grab a small interface, mm -hmm. a small laptop and a microphone and just go to town and learn how to start to make their own demos. Right. The problem there, I think, is that a lot of those artists can tend to make those demos and then sit with them for a really long time yeah. until they actually get to the next phase where they maybe encounter him or myself or somebody in that role that's trying to come in yeah. and really, you know, kick things up a notch and, and, um, and, and pull out all the strengths. Right. Um, and at that point they've lost a little bit of that open-mindedness and that objectivity, whether they know it or not, you know, and yeah. I know many, many people come in and be like, yeah, I'm open. And then the second you start suggesting <laughs> anything or asking questions, just like, no, nah, I think it's better. It's like, we didn't even try it though. Like you might be right, you know, um, and it ultimately is your record. So that's, that's the thing I have to, you know, always remember as well is say, Hey, someone can think they're coming in with an open mind that might mean something different to everybody. Right. And there is always a sliding scale of how far every artist is, is willing to go and willing to experiment. And mm -hmm. that's, that's also okay. Right. Um, I tend to, and I also tend to say, Hey, I should earn your trust either 
by things that you've asked me, conversations we've had, you know, the work I've done, uh, my track record, you know, with the band and, and doing the things that I've done as a musician. Um, but that doesn't mean that I'm right in every scenario. There are guys that have walls full of Grammys that I disagree with um, decidedly oh. on certain decisions they've made, right? Or on certain opinions. It's all just opinion um, is, is also, a, you know, a crucial thing. So when I, when I start to have conversations with the band that, you know, that we getting into an arrangement, right. I'm some like hearing this yeah. chorus, I'm hearing this, whatever. My biggest thing is I will come to a band and I will start posing questions. I won't say that's dumb. That verse is objectively your chorus and vice versa. <laughs> I will say, does this verse hit harder than the chorus? You know, oh. When you get to the chorus, do you feel like it's losing energy or gaining energy and why? And uh, we start to kind of walk through that way um, so that, A, it doesn't seem like I, I never want it to be like an accusatory, like, hey, you did a bad job at this. No, I just want to I just want to come from a place of, hey, how can this be better? And if you're hiring me to make your songs better here is my gut instinct and reaction that yeah. this part of the song is the moment that is the most memorable. Ah, and is that in the right place? I love this. Are we getting there too early? Are we, you know, when we show up there, does it feel like it comes out of nowhere? Is that cool? Or is it, uh, does it like make the song feel disjointed? How can we fix that? How can we tell the story so a little great. bit better? You know? Like um, so those are, the, that's kind of how I like to generally speaking, approach things, especially like when I, you know, get in the trenches with a band in a room um, or even remotely um, after listening to some demos and, and saying, Hey, here are my questions about the song, you know, based on, based on what you've told me. But for the band, are you producing? I, I don't think, I think I didn't understand um, earlier. So do you, produce also your own band or you were oh um with no so so with wonder years um uh we outsource uh that role and for good reason actually yeah, because I there's bet. um one because i want to be able to bring um my best guitar player hat and my best songwriter hat um and my best like casey you know part of the wonder years hat to that process The second any of us get put in the mm -hmm. driver's seat to start running Pro Tools, turning knobs, like dialing in sounds mm -hmm. and, you know, and gear to capture it, I think that starts to take you a little bit further and further outside of it. Now, that's that's not to say that it can't be done, right? I can do all of yeah, those yeah, things yeah. if I have to. A lot of engineers nowadays... You're probably helping a lot, the yeah, producer, and, you know, in and some we ways. all have, like... Ha, you know, ha, sometimes have thoughts because that ultimately is, you know, the way you craft a record. It's very easy to be like, hey, I don't like how this sounds. I mean, like, okay, great. That's, that is, a, you know, an objective truth that your reality is this is not how you want it to sound on your record. And that's, you know, um, that's valid. Um, yeah. And so we will, we'll kind of do that, but we will call in people that we trust to kind of watch needles and really engineer and, and pick the right gear and make those choices. So there are less choices that we have to make, you know, um, so that we can keep that bandwidth for performing really well, for talking through other ideas and pushing even further with the, with the experimentation and extrapolation of those ideas. Um, not to mention uh, six and even number There's a lot of times a little three to three uh, tie action on some ideas, a little split decision um, and having someone that we all collectively trust that we can uh, turn yeah. to and say, you're the tie breaking vote here or, you know, and sometimes they're like, 
I don't really care. Both are fine. You know, like then be like, great. You've told us to flip a coin here, go get a coin. Right. Like sometimes that is really freeing and helps you keep moving, which especially when you're in the studio and you're doing 10, 12 track, you know, a lot of material, there's a lot of shit to be tracked. Um, It helps to have someone that can be just a little outside of it. And then oh, that yeah. allows everybody else to live inside of it, which is, um, which is really important for us. And I don't think we'd want any of that, even though myself and a couple other band members are probably very capable of engineering mm-hmm. really good sounding records, you know, could um, be exhausting uh, though. Like, could, yeah, could well, exactly. Exhausting. And I think it would be, it would start to be unfair and we'd never want any sort of, um, inner band inner member like resentment to start to build over, you know, they're in the driver's seat. Are they controlling how this sounds? I don't really like how Mm -hmm. that's sounding, but they're technically engineering that, you know, so it's like none of that does anybody any good. So having an objective third party who is also extremely qualified and (laughs) in in most cases has far more years under their belt uh, behind a console and behind that gear is why we do it, you know, because I, I love learning from them. Just like I'm sure every record that we've done with Steve Evitz, he's learned something about life, music or whatever, mm. tried something weird or new from us as well. And that's also why it's like, it's a nice symbiotic relationship when you nice. can pull somebody in like that and uh, and share that with them. So we, we do love to do that. And I think our band is definitely better for it. Wow, yeah. that's good reasons. And it makes the whole process more democratic. Well, and democratic creativity is creativity. also like a really weird oxymoronic phrase in a lot of ways. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yes, um, it does. Um, we, uh, we tend to be um, in a lot of, a lot of ways, a very, uh, very well thought out uh, methodical band. <laughs> If you've ever seen any of our, um, we love going ham with whiteboards when we're writing and at practice <laughs> and, and cataloging. This is in that key, this BPM, yeah. this feel, you know, whatever. Um, it looks like some weird, we talked about how uh, math is not my strong suit. Uh, it starts to look a little like that scene from Goodwill Hunting by the time oh, we're done writing yeah. a record. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, so we, um, we come pretty thought out and pretty dialed in and prepared. So um, yeah, it does help. Help, um to have nice. you know that that is also by design that we have that that role in there yeah let's talk about podcasting because you also have project i think you have i found like two different podcast projects am i right or it's the same one well like um the true the level studio I'm... and um the creative process podcast yes so um so uh two of those things so the first one um true level studio is uh is actually my physical studio space Mm. um that still uh still exists um and it's just outside philadelphia um in blackwood new jersey and that's um that's the space i still work out of there um you know a couple times even though i've moved to atlanta i'm always back and forth because of the band um and that's actually our our, like mixing and post-production um suite that we, uh, myself and, and two studio partners put together, um, to do a lot of the freelance projects and, and production projects that we all had been working on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, while I am sad that I, unfortunately I looked into it, uh, it mm. was not possible to take it down here to Atlanta with me. Um, mm. but all my gear still stays there for the time being. So, So I can visit it whenever I want and I can also use it, um, on projects, uh, as need be. Um, 
but the podcast, which um, we started uh, over the pandemic, was also was uh, hosted by myself and um, my studio partners, uh, Tom Conran and Adam Ackerman, who are two incredible musicians. Um, Tom Conran, uh, my current co-host of The Record Process, is also a really great um, engineer and acoustician um, mm. who uh, helped design um, the True Level Studio. But so um, together, him and I uh, now have um, have continued to um, to develop the the podcast, which, yes, you mentioned is called The Record Process and is all about just that, uh, the process of making records and the story behind them. And we have some really, um, really cool guests. Uh, the first season, we did 12 episodes, um, you know, of our interview based format. And we basically um, sit down and take one record and, and talk to somebody that was deeply involved in one of the key roles of bringing that record to life. Wow. Um, a lot of times that'll be the artist. Sometimes I, really it want, the I, I didn't have time, but I really want to listen to the Silverstein one with Shane. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah, I think it's so he's, um, discovering the waterfront album yeah. or okay. Yeah. Yes. Ah. Yes. I would definitely recommend. Yes. Um, if uh, I'm sure um, a lot of your fans and listeners up there are probably familiar with um those handsome Canadian hunks, uh, the scene. Um, and we love them too. We've toured with them and, um, they're, uh, they're incredible musicians. I and saw fans. them live just before pandemic, like a month before it was incredible. So and they, they put on an incredible show and Shane is just the nicest. He's also an incredible podcast host, as you know, mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's right. Show. And so he was nice enough to come be a guest on um, on our show and talk about that record and talk about them doing that. And that was a really big record for them. Well, for a lot of reasons, oh, obviously, yeah. but it, because it was the first one that they traveled outside of Canada to do. They went to L.A., a big, you know, mm -hmm. big commercial space. So it was a very different process um yeah and yeah I, i would say if any of your listeners are curious that's a that's a great one to dive in on um whether you whether you're a, a silverstein fan or not um to get a temperature for the show and what it's about i i love that and he's uh yeah, and this album had talker. major influence on many people so i'm excited to to listen to it yeah check it out you'll have to let me know what you think yeah and you're, you're talking about technical produce production stuff and Well, so creative uh, um, protest so lyrics. There's a little, there's a little bit of that, but you know what? To to be um, to be completely candid, uh, there's a lot of shows out there that do a really good job getting into the nuts and bolts of like the okay. gear, the toys, whatever. And this show, we didn't want to make that show um, with this. We wanted to go uh, a bit more into mm -hmm. the factors. Um, you know, from an environmental standpoint, from a collaborative standpoint, from a, a, you know, a circumstantial standpoint that shaped how that record came together, you know, um, the factors that influenced the writing of it, you know, oh, um, I love this. who was, who was involved in that. Um, he, Shane tells a great story and I'll let him tell it better, but, um, the reason that they ended up going and working with that producer Cameron Webb that did that record was actually because of a tour that was right before that. And this whole series of things that fell through last <laughs> minute and, um, 
I'm glad they did. I think we're all glad they did, especially if you're a Silverstein fan, right? So go listen to that. And that's, that's the kind of stuff I love where there's such cool stories behind all of these records and, and the way the artists, the producers, the people that work and like roll them out, um, you know, get a chance to digest them and be a part of that life, um, uh, that, 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 that album takes on. So, um, yeah, that's a great one. I'm, I'm glad you reminded me of that. That was definitely one of my favorites for sure. Oh, nice. Good. So all those projects are amazing. And what's next? Uh, what's what's your next project? I think you're going to play a very nice festival. Soon. Um, well, um, oh, I always for lover festival. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, we're so going to play great. a couple of those. So, yeah. So we will. Um, uh, so the rest of the summer, you can obviously uh, there is clearly more wonder years music on the horizon as, mm-hmm. um, as we now know. And so, uh, there'll be a few more, um, little breadcrumbs along the way, uh, I'll say, and which, which will be fun. And I'm, and I, I say little bread breadcrumbs, but they're, they're pretty big loaves, honestly. Yes. And, I, and I, and I, and I love them very much. So I'm excited to get them out of the oven, um, along the way. Um, to the official release of the record. But um, then uh, at the end of August, yeah, we um, we pick back up with some pretty awesome shows. So on great. The like you're going to play with Decent Dance. Uh, I saw like yeah. Alternates, Thursday. What else? Like Census Fail, who just released new stuff too. So... Uh, love buddy. Um, yeah, uh, we have a lot of... Uh, we have the, uh, the Is For Lovers um, shows. Um that are at the end of August and then the following week. Um, and then, um, then we do when we were young fast this fall, also some other stuff that, um, mm-hmm. we'll just have to wait a little bit, but, um, there's, yeah, the, there's going to be some, um, it's going to be a lot of shows, uh, and a lot of really good ones planned with a lot of really awesome, um, awesome bands that I, we are always happy to share the stage with some of which it's been far too long and is, uh, extremely overdue. So, um, yeah, nice. we, uh, we're really looking forward to that truthfully and having the new record out, of course. So that's wow. what's next for us. Yeah. Thank you so much, Casey, for being my guest. How do I pronounce your, your last name? Cause it sounds really French for me. Ooh, yes. I, w- I would um, say Cavalier. Honestly, you nailed it. Uh, actually even better than I could pronounce my own name. It sounds better when you say it that way, because you do give it a little bit of the flair, but yeah. Uh, yeah, just, uh, just Cavalier, but I can't even, I won't even try to, um, you nailed it is what I'm going with yours. Uh, Casey um, Cavalier. Yeah. That's how I would say it, but I, I, I figured out would put an English accent to it. So what we should do here, I think, um, this much is clear is, Uh, when I'm finished uh, overhauling my website very soon, uh, you know how you can go to Google and like figure out how to pronounce something, mm-hmm. like a word, you know, type in it or whatever. I'm just going to get a soundbite of you pronouncing my last name. And just for anybody to be like, hey, do you want to know how to pronounce it? <laughs> Boom. Um, and it's just right up there on the website. It'll be great. It'll be a huge hit. And I'll feel way more cultured about myself. <laughs> I feel very honored. <laughs> uh, that's incredible. I might hold you to it. Watch out. Um, no, this has been so much fun. Thanks for having Thank me. Thank you. So uh, what are you going to do for the rest of the night? Oh, it's already nine. Hmm. Well, um, I'll tell you exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to go upstairs and 
pack some of my nicer clothes into a bag. I'm heading to the airport very early tomorrow, oh. um, actually, to go meet back up with the band in Philadelphia. Um, oh, yeah. We have some uh, some uh, photo shooting to take care of. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's nice. We'll, we'll all be together for a very, uh, a very big day um, as the, uh, the video that it will now be out um, when this sees the light of day um, for Wyatt's song comes out. So that'll be that'll be nice because um, it's it's a little bit tougher with me being down here. I, we don't always get to be together for uh, all of those um, all of those dates. So, yeah, that's that's what I'm doing. Early, early to bed. Yeah, early to rise. I'm going to watch Stranger Thing with my boyfriend <laughs> and oh my, my cat. God. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I will not spoil it. Uh, no, I have just one episode watched so far. Okay. Well, strap in. Strap yeah. in. That's all I can say. Yeah. Let's it's... talk in a week and we, we, we could talk about it because we're probably going to binge watch it for a while. So, yeah, you are. It, depending on your level. Yeah. To some people, like, I w we would easily been, we had to control ourselves. Um, so, uh, yeah, I I'll, I'll, I'll we'll we'll circle back in in a week and I'll I'll, I'll get the full review. <laughs> yeah, and please tell me if you come uh, play to, in Quebec City. I would love to see your show. I of course will do that. Um, I'll, I will let you know uh, first chance. We All get. right. Have a great night. Have a good night of sleep. <laughs> Repugmentation. The second recommendation for today is for the band Toxins from San Diego, California in the US. They are playing a really great hardcore punk genre. I love their EP Recovery Room a lot and especially the song You Missed a Doozy. So we're gonna listen to it right now. Oh, and by the way, check their music video for this song. It's so good. And also, by the way, they are working on a full-length album, and I'm excited. Okay, let's listen to the song. much for listening next week my guest is Ephraim Schultz of the bands Dead by Stereo, Voodoo Glow Skulls, Manic Hispanic and many more 
What a great dude, really. If you want to support the podcast, you can subscribe, share it to your friends, and also tag me in your social media. You can give me some feedback and suggest me some bands, etc. I want to say thank you to Epic Merch Store for sponsoring this episode. Also, thank you to Scott Alquist, the co-producer and editor of the podcast. Check the show notes if you want to have information how to reach my guest or myself. If you want to subscribe to the Patreon page too, let's go. And I can't wait to see you next week, my friends. Punk your life. <laughs>